who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to a special episode of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and i'm solo for just a second here uh, i have another show coming out this week and eric will be back so get excited me and Eric will be back this week with an official show. So we'll have two shows this week, this bonus show and the official show with Eric. Thank you to everyone that's been following us on Twitter. Really appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. You could always follow us on Twitter there at PPW Podcast. We are Positively Processing Podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. Thank you to all the listens and the downloads lately. Thank you to the Raw as Nitro Podcast, Lee, for me and him doing the, uh, the uh, No Holds Bar show. Thanks to Brandon Hova. We did Wrestling Junk Collecting. Thanks to Jeff from Fully Poles of One, our Bret Hart Show. Lots of fun, lots of awesome podcasts. And thank you for everyone for all the special shout-outs and everything you guys have been saying, you know, appreciating us doing shows for you guys while you're out working if you have to work or if you're even at home or doing chores or keeping busy like everyone's trying to do right now. If you want to support the show, whatamaneuver.net. But uh, better off yet, support people that, uh, you know, maybe are – temporarily unemployed right now like jason wolf head up and hit up some uh the art of jason wolf some of his stuff or some of the indie wrestlers right now that maybe need a buck or two for a t-shirt uh so support those people and if you want to send us a long note long form note it's uh ppwpodcast at gmail.com but our best bet is just a twitter dm that shows your best bet to uh Sorry, it's it's the middle of the night here and my dog force is coming down. So I'm distracted. I don't have Eric here in front of me to normally uh, distract me from the dog coming down. But anyway, this week on this special show, we're going to be talking about WWF home video. And we're going to call up our special guest right now. We're just going to get right into it. I'm not sure how this is going to work. Let's call him up and see how this works here. Hold on. If it Hold on if it works here because it's I have to call and I think he's in the line. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. I think everyone knows that lovely voice. It is Nate, a.k.a. Ring Skirts. How is it going, buddy? Good evening. Pretty good, pretty good. I can't complain too, too much. You're just hanging out. What wrestling were you watching when you texted me or tweeted me about an hour ago? I am watching the very first episode of Saturday Night's Main Event, and you'll appreciate this, not on the network, the original broadcast version on a DVD. Does it have commercials? Um, I don't think this one does. I have all of the episodes. Some of them, commercials are still left in. Most of them, they've been edited out. That's okay, right? Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I, I've noticed lately on eBay, like people are selling tapes as blanks, but with commercials, they're going for like 50 bucks. It's nuts. I get it. When I first watched this run that I bought, the first episode that had the commercials in it, that's where the nostalgia kicks in is those old commercials. Right. I tweeted out something today about a little bit ago. Somebody I stole from somebody else 
about the Ninja Turtles VHS ad for Pizza Hut about the kid who played right field in baseball and like he catches the ball and they go to pizza after the game. You know what I'm talking about? I don't other than I saw someone tweet it out too. So I know it by what you're describing. You didn't watch Ninja Turtles VHS when you were a kid? You didn't rent the tape? You didn't rent have it? You didn't own it? I did, but I don't remember that part. You probably it was one of the few few VHSs that I had. You fast forwarded. So yeah. anyway, guys, uh, you I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Ringskirts. As you know, he's Mr. Wrestling Figure Photography. He's always uh, posting fun shots. And uh, I'm sure even though you're working now, some new stuff will probably be in the works. What is a uh, preview about something, not necessarily that you have planned, but something far distant in the future? You think like, hmm, maybe I'll do like, a, you know, WrestleMania 8 with the Hoosier Dome type of thing? Like, what's something you're looking to do? Oh, the what next? Hoosier Dome would be fun. Um, it's just the massive scale of it, you know, to get the Hoosier, yeah. Hoosier Dome look. So one thing that I've toyed around with in the back of my mind, um, and these ideas, don't get too excited when I toy with an idea. It's usually like a few years later when I actually start working on it. But I've been toying around with the idea of a WrestleMania 9 setup. So with the pillars, with the togas Ex- and all... Would you exist. have to make togas for people? So <laughs> that's the part that stops me every time. So I'm I'm just thinking of like the pillars, the over the ring structure, the entranceway, yeah. things like that. And mm-hmm. of course, I've thought of that. I said, am I going to put every cameraman in a toga? Yes, of course you. Why? Yeah, of course of you course, are. <laughs> of course. So that's one of the things that's holding me back. The other thing that's holding me back is the current crowd backgrounds that I have are arena and not outdoor. And I think I need something to kind of show like the sky or clouds. Well, because um, like me, you're a crazy person and things yeah, that matter to insane. you. Of course, yes. If I didn't have those details, it would drive me nuts and I'd be like, screw it. Why do it at all? Yeah. So you are the uh, wrestling figure photographer. I wouldn't say wizard because like you always say, like there's, like there's people better than me. It's just everyone knows you and you interact with everyone on Twitter. So you've got sets from pretty much every era attitude to, to current day to the old Trump Plaza for WrestleMania four, which was, I think everyone's personal favorite you did. Yeah. Uh, and you took that down recently, didn't you? The WrestleMania four set. Um, it, it was actually about a year ago. I took it down. Yeah, but you're still posting. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have the old pictures, so I still post them up, but I only really have room for two setups right now. So I took it down for, I think I did like a, a 90s survivor series and, Currently, that space has the uh, uh, the '90s neon logo mm-hmm. and our Monday Night Raw set. But we'll get into our main topic here in a second, where we're going to chit chat about some WWF home videos, perhaps. But with all those reveals that happened over the past couple of weeks, with new action figures coming out and new wrestling figures, were there any that caught your eye, like "Ooh, I need him," or "I could do something with him or her"? Well, most of them, I feel like I need. <laughs> well. Whether I mean, that's what's like a, let, let's let's stand uh, out. But some of the ones, um, Greg Valentine, because okay. that hits right home in that era. Um, I love the the removable uh, hammer jammer leg brace thing, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to get two and paint one of them with black hair for rhythm and blues. Are um, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to get both. Um, I'm trying to think which other ones. There was Superstar Billy Graham, which was kind of a shock to me. Oh, yeah, the Superstar Billy Graham. I love that they're giving you both heads. I mean, that's that's value to me. <laughs> are you going to buy two? 
I'm not because, I mean, for my needs, I would never need both of them at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not a guy with like a shelf where I have them all displayed at the same time. I kind of pull them out, play with them, pose them, stuff like that. So having one with the interchangeable heads is perfect for me. That saves me money. (laughs) Makes sense. Now, let me ask you this. This is something I've been struggling with lately. So Recently, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so back, I sold a handful of loose figures because I was like, okay, I need just not necessarily cut down, but I'm like, these aren't on display. They're in a bin. I'm not doing anything with them. So I've decided I'm starting to make more rules for myself. Mm-hmm. Do you have any rules or are you just like, I'm grabbing it because I might need it in the future? Yeah, I have rules and they evolve um, depending on the day or the month or the week. Um, right now, what my rules are, I really don't buy basics unless it's unless it's like a suited figure or a legend. Mm -hmm. Um, I buy all legend elites pretty much. I don't necessarily buy the variants unless it matters. Like for example, um, this upcoming one that they showed, they showed the two different Rick Rudes. I kind of want both of them, but last year or the year or so when they had the SummerSlam Mabels, those were basically the same figure to me. So I didn't get both of them. Mm-hmm. Well, right. There wasn't, it wasn't a true variant. Like people said. Yeah. And when it comes to new guys, like current roster guys, I just try to have like one of each unless they have like a significantly changed look. Well, what about guys like, for example, like macho man's got a million figures, but he's also got a million different outfits and characters. Like you, everybody had to grab that 91 rumble macho King. Yeah. And you know, I have a bunch of them too. And I, and I started looking like, is there a point where I have too many macho mans? Like, Do you ever run into that where there's too many of the same guy? There are. There is a point where there's too many of the same guy, but there's exceptions to that rule. And that exception is Hogan, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. Those guys, I will buy every example of one of their outfits that exist. I can't get exhausted of them. Well, everyone saw like the prototype, you know, the grayscaled Hogan, Hollywood Hogan Ultimate Edition. Mm -hmm. I don't see how they're going to beat Storm Collectibles Hollywood Hogan. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, you know? I don't either, but, I mean, from what I saw of the grayed out, I like the head sculpts. Like, the one I, that looks, like, super angry, I thought that was cool. I think I'm just comparing it to Mattel did the American-made Hogan, and then Storm did it, and Storm blew him out of the water. So, I'll, I'll give him a chance, but I can't see myself buying a second Hollywood Hogan. And I mean, you could use it for, the, obviously, the Ultimate Edition having a lot more flexibility, um, but other than that, I, I don't see it, but Hey, I guess we'll see. That's a great example too, because I thought of that too. When, when they revealed that them revealing that Hollywood Hogan figure now doesn't mean as much as it would have back before what happened with Hogan and he left the company. Yeah. All right. So let's get off figure doc. Cause that's another podcast that everyone should listen to. And I'm sure does the major, no, I'm just joking. The, the fully posted wrestling figure podcast. No, it's all good. It's all good. We're all <laughs> wrestling figure fans and collectors here. It's all good. And everyone's cool for the most yeah. part. And it's all, it's all fun. All right. So WWF home video, this is a mini show I wanted to do because like you, I'm also a crazy person and I'm a collector. I've pretty much completed my Coliseum video set of what I want. I've decided I'm never going to get all the in-your-houses because, for example, like in-your-house mind games is like a $400 tape. I think there was like 17 made or something like that. But so I'm like, you know, I'm going to expand my WWF home video collection a little bit, not Coliseum. And that's morphed into more and more because they're so cheap. And these are ones I had a lot as a kid. Uh, 
for those who don't know, when Coliseum Video kind of separated and WWF started doing their own videos, this is around in 98. I think the first one, was, the first official release was the 98 Royal Rumble. They also started releasing these, not necessarily documentaries, but like hour-long featurette, superstar features on guys. And the first one I remember seeing ads for was because Stone Cold said so. Mm-hmm. What Do you remember any of these? Do you have like any... Um, connection to these WWF home videos or tapes or anything like that, like I do. Do you remember the Castone yeah. Cold said so? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where I grew up, I grew up in an area that was kind of isolated. So, as far as buying wrestling VHSs, there wasn't much around, except I think Suncoast Video had like a handful of them I could find from time to time. Mm-hmm. But when when these hit the shelves, these were at Walmart, and as a kid who was ready to consume as much wrestling as possible, seeing these on I like retail shelves blew my mind and a friend of mine had bought the uh, stone cold one you mentioned. And that was the first time I was aware of them. The stone cold said, so for me, I remember it wasn't around here. Like we had Sun Coast, we had Walmart, all that stuff. But for some reason, cause stone cold said, so seemed like a catalog only order. And I, my friend had it. And I remember the first time I got to watch it, my friend was very like protective of the video. It was weird. Like he wanted to like charge me to watch it with, cause he paid for it <laughs> with his own money. He's like, you get only like five bucks to watch it. And I was willing to pay it. But anyway, uh, one of our friends, our mutual like group of friends had moved to another state and he like was coming. We were all good friends. And something happened where his dad worked a lot and he came back into town and he said, Hey, do you guys want to spend the night at my new house? And you can drive with us there and he'll drive you home the next day. He's got to work. So his dad had an old conversion van with a TV VCR combo in it. Mm-hmm. So my friend brought the tape and it was like, oh man, you know, it was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it was TVMA, which was huge, which is basically meant swearing. Although in the DX videos later, it meant a lot more than that. Is this the, is this the video? If I'm thinking correctly, is this the one where he describes the BMF walk? No, that's Austin 316 Uncensored. That's my okay. favorite one. So, so that. that- so that's the one I was thinking of. That's the one that my friend had. That's the more common one to get. And ironic. So I'll tell this real. I'll send you one. So uh, I've recently been ordering a lot of High Spots old wrestling DVDs and kind of help trying to support them and things like that. And they had a huge clearance sale on their DVDs. It's like half off. And some of them are even more than that. And I looked in their clearance section. like, what do they have here? And they had a VHS section. They had copies of Austin 316 Uncensored sealed for 50 cents. Half off, they were 25 cents, so I for sure bought eight of them just to have. So if you would like one, let me know. I'll send you one. Just pay shipping and handling. Fair enough. Yes, so this big box came. I'm like, why is this box so big? I'm like, oh, yeah, I bought all these tapes too, not just the DVDs. So it's uh, very cool. But anyway, we'll get into Oz 316 Uncensored. I have a few audio clips. We'll get into that too. And I've Uh, had some similar luck with deals on these tapes in the days, which we'll get into, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to play right now. So I sent you these audio files so you can play at the same time. The first one I'm going to send, this is a little bit longer. These were like the trailers that I would always watch. Like now I would like, it was like a DVD menu. I'd just skip it, but I would always play these trailers. These were ads for WWF home video. So this was one, the file I sent you home video, WWF 98. I'm going to pull it in right now. I don't know if this is going to work on my end. So I'm going to pull it in and play it right now. And so you can go ahead and hit play right about now. I don't think it worked. Hold on. Did it work on my end? Let's try this again. 
this doesn't work, I'm just going to add it in later, and that's okay for everybody. No, I don't think I can get it in. That's okay. Um, okay. But it, My I'll, I'll, I'll add it in right. I'll put it in right now. So it's the WWF home video uh, 1998. I'm playing it on my end here in my headphones. I can hear it, but you guys can't. Uh, but it's it's trailers for all the moving stuff. I'll just play it right now for listeners to hear. Go backstage. Blue eyes cried in the rain. And up close and personal with your favorite WWF superstars. Thanks to WWF Home Video, you can get closer to the action than ever before. Europe's biggest event is now available for the first time in the United States. And with Mayhem in Manchester, you'll sit ringside. Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane, and The Undertaker, they're all here. It's all over for the dead man. But WWF Home Video is just getting started. In Austin 316, uncensored, Stone Cold Steve Austin goes on a rampage that is, well, uncensored. But if you don't understand what I'm saying, I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you. Narrated by Austin himself, this tape picks up where Cuz Stone Cold Says So drops you off. Between the two videos, you'll follow wrestling's top superstar from his days prior to the WWF to his reign as champion. And of course, you'll grab all the action in between. Put him in jail! Shut your hole, I'm producing this. You're just here in case you have a problem. DX has produced their own video, and believe it or not, they've removed all the censorship from this one. Mostly clips we can't show you at this time. And the best of WrestleMania has been compiled for your viewing excitement. And welcome to WrestleMania 3! Over the last 14 years, it has served as a proving ground for wrestling's elite. And now this 90-minute video gives you all the highlights. From its celebrated superstars in pageantry to the best in athleticism and sports entertainment. It's all here, and the attitude is for sale through WWF Home Video. So that was it. It was advertising for like Austin 316 Uncensored, and Michael Cole was the voiceover for it. And you heard that classic like guitar screech or whatever. And that was one of my favorite things too, to like fantasize about what tapes I would buy. I, I don't know I, about you, but for me, this was a big deal because they were relatively cheap. They were like 10 to $15 too. So yeah. it was an easy sell for my parents to buy them for me. So I, I just listened to it. I'm pretty yep. sure... I don't think it was Cole. I think it was Kevin Kelly. Yeah, that could be true because they did both of them did. I think Cole might have been the '99 one. I sent you the '98 one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember the same thing. I remember them being about ten or fifteen bucks. Um, the first one I bought was I think it was like an Undertaker one with a the purple. Yes. Yeah. And I bought it before. It's interesting. You brought up this conversion van thing. My family, we had a conversion van with a TV VCR uh -huh. too. And we take yeah. vacations in the spring. I bought this the day of a vacation so that I could watch it in the van on this long trip. 
and it's an hour tape when you probably watched it 10 times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what's funny. So that, have you watched that tape recently by chance? The Undertaker of the Phenom? Absolutely not. No. It's one of the worst ones. <laughs> <laughs> does it? So it has the cell match on it, doesn't it? It's basically the story of Undertaker versus Kane. That's pretty okay. much the story. Okay. And that's the reason I was so bummed when I got it. I was like, Oh, because like, cause Stone Cold said, so had Austin hosting it and narrating it and doing like interviews Austin 316 Uncensored, the same thing. Uh, let's just get an Austin 316 Uncensored because it's my favorite one. You've seen it before. I'm sh- and this is also released on DVD if you guys want to check it out. It's, I'm sure it's on YouTube or Daily Motion too. This is one I tell everyone to watch. Um, I'll play. I'll insert the clip right now. And and that's just Austin saying where Jim Ross is asking him because Jim Ross ho- talks with Steve Austin. He's like the interviewer throughout the tape. And it's basically Austin's rise from winning the Rumble, to winning the title at WrestleMania, to his feud with Dude Love at Over the Edge. That's pretty much the span of this tape. But it's got Austin talking about himself, and like that clip I'm going to play, it's Jim Ross asking Austin, if I was going to go to some foreign country who didn't know you, what what should I call, well, how would I describe Stone Cold? And Stone Cold says, bad motherfucker. That's the <laughs> first thing on the tape. In eighth grade or freshman year, me seeing a swear like that, I'm like, oh my God, it's not bleeped out. This is amazing. <laughs> If, uh, if if I were going to some foreign country and I had to go to some obscure place, maybe the Congo, I didn't know who Steve Austin was, and I was going to have to give a description of Steve Austin, what would you suggest I say? Bad motherfucker. Especially on wrestling. Like, I've yes. never heard the F word on a wrestling tape before. And isn't it nuts? Like, you're like, okay, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. And uh, it's also got Austin. I'm going to play a clip here and again in a second. And you can listen to it if you want, Nate. It's uh, the one with Tyson, where Austin's describing the confrontation he had with Mike Tyson. And he talks about, he's like, so he pushed me like a little girl. And, and he just, <laughs> even to this day, I'll drink a few Steve Weisers and and love that tape. And I can't, I'll, I'll play the clip now. Mike Tyson is standing in Stone Cold's ring. And business is And as soon as I got in there, I realized everything with me is ad lib. It clicked in my head. I said, yeah, I'll flip the son of a bitch off and see what he's got. I ain't going to shake your damn hand because I ain't out here to make friends with you. I respect what you've done in the boxing world. But Jesus Christ, son, when you step in this ring, you're messing with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's something you don't do. But you're out here calling yourself the baddest man on the planet. Right now, you got your little beady eyes locked on the eyes of the world's toughest son of a bitch. Do I think you can beat my ass? Hell no. Do I think I can beat your ass? Why, hell yeah. I don't know how good your hearing is, but if you don't understand what I'm saying, I always got a little bit of sign language, so here's to you. So he pushed me like a little girl, and everybody held me down. And basically, no one even held him. If he wanted me so bad, why did he come get me? Everybody was holding me down. Yeah, I flipped him off, you know? That's the way it goes. He's not the toughest son of a bitch in the world or the baddest man on the planet. He, when he steps foot in the WWF ring, he's stepping foot in my office. Do you uh, have any regrets? Any second thoughts about doing that? No, I thought I made a hell of a picture. <laughs> <laughs> 
and I can't believe that my parents let me watch these tapes, especially because they say TVMA on them. Mm-hmm. Did your parents ever give you any like guff about watching any of this stuff? Um, a little bit. I mean, most of the time I grew up in a family that absolutely thought wrestling was ridiculous in a bad way. So if okay. ever I had it on, they would kind of leave or I had mm-hmm. to watch it when no one was around anyways. Um, the one time I remember getting a lot of grief is I have a brother who is eight years older than me and he would do things just to try to, you know, upset me because that's what older brothers do. Sure. And when Re- WrestleMania 14 came out, I remember him coming home and us having dinner and him telling my mom saying, I can't believe you let him watch this stuff. Did you know WrestleMania is X rated this year? Oh, DX rated. And I, I got in a super heated debate with him. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. It's rated spelled a different way. Not as in a rating. It's raid R A I D that kind of raid. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, what's funny is you're telling me that and I'm looking over at my WrestleMania 14 poster and I do notice it is spelled R-A-I-D and also yeah. a, ti- a tiny D, a tiny D-X. Yeah, and that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be like D-X rating that WrestleMania. That was the idea. I'm just picturing miniature you having a debate at the dinner table. About this. Your yeah. parents are like, what's wrong with my son? And here's how I lost the debate. He said, yeah, well, how can you explain the fact that this Sable chick exposed herself on TV the other night? And I was like, well, I guess I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so that Austin 316 tape, Austin 316 Uncensored, is probably my most recommended WWF home video to watch, even tonight. I wish they would throw these on the network, although I'm sure they won't, especially because of all the profanity. I guess they can edit it, but there's also another tape. The Speaking of DX, the DX tape. The famous DX tape with Shawn Michaels naked on the cover, China and Triple H holding the belt over his junk. Are you familiar with this one? I'm familiar with the cover. I never saw that one myself. I remember you talking about it recently on one of your shows. Yeah, it's it's one to get. It's it's also Triple H hosts it with China, and Michael Cole is kind of dragged around an arena, and it's shot pretty much before a Raw, and then they go to a like this the production truck, and in there is Billy Gunn, Road Dog, and X Pac, and again one of the first things that happens is they go in the truck and. Triple H goes to X-Pac, hey, where's Billy? And X-Pac goes, it's not my fucking turn to watch him, bitch. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. (laughs) Again, TVMA, also a tape. They show several girls flashing their boobs, and it's not censored. Like, this was just sold to me at Suncoast Video. I could just go buy it. (laughs) The 90s, man. It, It was something. And also, it's interesting that Shawn Michaels and Triple H are on the cover because the majority of the tape is about the second portion of DX. Like the very beginning is a little bit about the old DX. In fact, there's a part when they're in the production truck and Michael Cole answers the phone because it rings and he goes, who is this, Sean? Sean Michaels? And Triple H says, give me that. And he hangs up the phone and was like, ooh, that was like the first time Sean had been mentioned with DX too. So again, one to check out if you're looking for kind of like a oddball thing because with everything on the network it's hard to find stuff that you haven't seen before so go check out that dx tape another one that i think gets a lot of love and probably should is the three faces of foley do you remember that one or have you ever seen that one absolutely 
Okay, that one was cool for me because it's Mick Foley hosting it again before like a Raw taping. They're setting up in the background. Now, is it got Matt and Jeff Hardy? Or the Hardy Boys? It's the Hardy Boys. Okay, yeah, in the empty arena. And Mick Foley's talking like a regular person. He's not in character, which was very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was one that I got teased for buying because my friends thought Mick Foley was lame and I purchased it. So it's another one that I got kind of teased about. <laughs> it's like you are the Chicago version of me. That's how it was with my friends, too. I was a big Foley fan and mm-hmm. all my friends kind of ragged on me about it because they just thought he was a fat piece of garbage. And I was like, no, the dude has heart. He's awesome. What's so like, why would you pick up like a Mick Foley? Those are not the kind of people you want to surround yourself with. Right, Steve? Yeah. No, definitely not. You got to love Mick Foley, although he's a bit of an oddball. I've met him before. Didn't have a good experience? He's fine. He's just an oddball. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's like, I met him a couple times and I met, I said the story, the story before where he was, uh, one, I think his autograph sucks. His regular, his dude love autograph. Good. His Mick Foley autograph. Garbage. Um, but wait, 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 wait a minute. You've met him yeah. a couple times. You have a Mick Foley autograph and a dude love autograph. I don't. So okay. I, met... I was going to say, if those were the two that you started, with... here's, here's the deal. Okay. So I met Mick Foley at WrestleCon a couple years ago and I, he had a kind of a long line and in, in fairness at New Orleans WrestleCon, the air conditioning wasn't working. So he was sweating his ass off. It was not in the best mood. He kind of like, I had him sign my Hell in the Cell, or not sorry, Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring 98 tape. He kind of looked at it because Sable's on the cover. Right. And like he he kind of like, like double. With like a go, guillotine or something like that, right? Yeah. And he kind of double taked and I was like waiting for him to say something about it. And then he was didn't say anything about it. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'm coming to see you at your kickoff tour in Chicago. He's like the first show. He goes, oh, so you're going to see the worst one. I was like, What? <laughs> Because yeah, the first one's always the worst. I was like, well, "Great sell, Mick." <laughs> but uh, another time I met him was at the airport, where it was after WrestleMania 24. We were in the Orlando airport, and he was in line at McDonald's, and he just looked like a guy because he had a Hawaiian shirt and sweatpants on. Exactly. And my buddy goes, "I think that's Mick Foley," and I was like, "Really? I don't think so." And he like he like waved to him, so Mick Foley smiled. And he was missing the teeth, like, "Yeah, that's Mick Foley." So we went up and talked to him for a bit, and he was cool there. He was. Uh, and like we like were making sure like not to cause a scene so fans didn't bug him and like, he was talking to us for a bit about like WrestleMania 24 and my friend asked him because I don't know if you remember WrestleMania 24 in Orlando Kim Kardashian was there kind of before she was famous right and she announced the make a wish like donation and my buddy goes hey how come you didn't do that and McCoy's like oh I don't think they did that he goes no no Kim Kardashian did he goes why the hell did they asked Kim Kardashian to do it like <laughs> So Mick was hot. Mick was hot about it. But those are my Mick Foley experiences. I do remember. That's that's where I first heard of Kim Kardashian. I had no idea who she was before that. Yeah. And uh, also, so the dude love autograph thing, he signs like a three faces of Foley print and uh-huh. the three different ones. And his dude love autograph is gorgeous. His Mick Foley autograph looks like he closes his eyes and writes a couple scribbles. So I'm a, I'm an autographed snob or if I'm paying for it, I expect a little bit of quality, uh, but, but that's neither here nor there. We're talking about tapes. Let me ask you a question. I think we're all dying to know when Mick Foley's at McDonald's, what does he order? We, we had to leave beforehand. Um, oh. He was, 
he was actually in line for his kids. Because uh, as we left, his wife came back up with his two kids. I don't know. I don't know which ones they were. And he was waiting in line for them because he left after they came back. So I'm sure he's. I mean, what would you think? You know, I think he's a chicken nugget guy. I was going to say a chicken nugget guy. He's like a yeah. 20 piece. And oh, that's yeah. it. This is an off topic thing, but there's a show I listen to in Chicago, like a radio show. They, they don't do it anymore. They used to do a, a show called Tales of Laziness where <laughs> people do stories about like, you know, I'm so lazy mm-hmm. that I will land the bed and throw like, you know, throw like books at the light switch to try to turn the light off rather than get up and get out of bed. Yeah. like. <laughs> and my tale of laziness involves it. So one day after work, I was like, I want chicken nuggets so bad. Like I was like all about McDonald's chicken nuggets. I was like, I'm going to get them. So I'm in the drive through line and I realized if I get nuggets, I got to open the box and the dip and dip while eating. I'm like, that's too much work. I'm just getting a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't want to put the effort into eating in my car with the dip and the nuggets. I hear you. There's a finesse to it if you can hold it between like your pinky and your ring finger. But while you know, you drive. with, with it, what do you dip in your nuggets in? It's got to be barbecue from McDonald's, right? I'm a barbecue guy. Yeah. Okay. Don't want any sweet and sour sauce here. I feel like Foley be a sweet and sour though. I. You know what? I say, is there any barbecue sauce that's comparable to McDonald's barbecue sauce? No, and in fact, uh, for my friend's wedding a few years ago, he was obsessed with he's obsessed with McDonald's barbecue sauce. So we called them, we're like, hey, can we buy this from you as a gift? They said, absolutely not. It was it wasn't even a negotiation. <laughs> so since this is the chicken nugget uh, podcast, have you <laughs> noticed that this is something I've noticed over the years? There was a time I feel like in the '90s when chicken nuggets from McDonald's were insanely expensive, but something over the past five years or so. All of a sudden, chicken nuggets at McDonald's are—they're like what a twenty piece for like four bucks or something like. That. And they're and you order a meal, they're like, "Would you like to add a twenty piece for a dollar?" You're like, "Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to give away." Why are chicken nuggets so much cheaper all of a sudden? I actually remember as a child going to like McDonald's birthday parties as a kid. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I was this weird kid that did not like hamburgers, and I'd be like, "Can I get chicken nuggets?" And I remember the adults like grumbling, like. Oh my God, this kid wants chicken nuggets. We're going to have to pay for a chicken nugget happy meal for him. <laughs> what happened with the chicken nugget like economy? If anybody out there knows, tweet at Ring Skirts or at PPW Podcast. <laughs> what happened? I doubt that that's true. I remember them being expensive. And I remember we would get, uh, we wouldn't get nuggets. We would just get like, I remember also we would also get hamburgers because my mom would say, we're not paying the extra five cents for cheese. We got cheese at home. <laughs> <laughs> so we would put cheese ices on at home and put it in the microwave for 10 seconds to melt the cheese hard times <laughs> but it wasn't that's just how my mom was raised as a first generation american oh man i remember that we would get and and for a while i didn't like mcdonald's cheeseburgers because it didn't taste the same as they did as i did growing up <laughs> you gotta bring your own cheese you do. You got to bring your, can I use your microwave back there, guys. Could you heat this up for me? Could you nuke this for me? Uh, I mean, this all goes hand in hand of being young and trying to find wrestling tapes and spending your money on McDonald's and other things too. Uh, did you ever, when you were purchasing these tapes, run into an issue with the rating on the tape, the TVMA, the TV 14 thing, like either a cashier wouldn't let you buy it or your parents said no. No, I don't think I, I think I probably strayed away from some of those. Like I remember having the Foley one and the Taker one and I don't think yeah. those were 
had the ratings, did they? I think they were. They did. They were TV 14, though. They were TV 14, yeah. But the Austin ones and the DX ones specifically would say for mature audiences only. Right. And those, I, the Austin one, I remember, that was one that a friend had. I didn't have that myself. Oh, yeah. And they were 60 minutes, but you'd watch them over and over again. Yep. What about any of the best of the best of WrestleMania and the best of Survivor Series compilations they did? Did you ever watch those? Uh, WWF home video ones? Yes. I don't believe so. I think I may have the Survivor Series one that I bought years later, and I don't recall yeah. watching it though. So the Survivor Series one is actually one of my favorite ones. Um, Does that one have like a gray cover? It's got like a beige cover. The gray okay. cover is the WrestleMania one, best WrestleMania. Okay. Uh, but the Survivor Series one is cool because one, the reason I bought it was on the cover. It advertises like never before seen footage of the 97 Survivor Series incident, okay. which is basically everything we've seen now. But at the time, we never saw Brett smashing the monitors. We didn't see him writing WCW in the air. So this was like a first time exclusive thing. And for me as like a Michael's fan and my friend as a Bret Hart fan, as I talked about with Jeff on the Fully Posable show, this was a heated debate. So we had to, we had to see the footage. We went to Suncoast after school in eighth grade and bought that shit, and, and we we broke it down again. It's also got on there, like, you remember the Owen Hart-Bret Hart, or not, sorry, the um, Bret Hart-Bob Backlund match from Survivor Series 94, the submission match? The submission match, throwing the towel, yeah. Yeah, so they put, like, a Scorsese score to that <laughs> match and, like, made it like a, like a Italian-Greek tragedy, so it's worth watching just for that. Uh, the best of WrestleMania I recommend to people because it's got interviews that you've never seen before. Like now it seems like every story is the same and everything's recycled, but this has got like Pat Patterson talking and stuff. It's very cool. So check out the best of WrestleMania one, one through 14. What about pay-per-views when these started coming out? Because like you said, Coliseum videos were only for rental, but all of a sudden the pay-per-views were like everywhere to buy. Yeah, they were, Coliseum were only for rental, and you had to like give up a kidney to be able to afford one too. Mm-hmm. They were super mm-hmm. expensive. Um, I never remember seeing the pay per views. I, I those weren't available at the stores that I went to. Yeah, those were Sunco's videos for me, and me and my buddy Rob, who I grew up with, and we were wrestling friends for a while. We had our we had a guy at Sunco's video who was a manager at an independent wrestling fed in the local area. We didn't know that till later. And it turns out he was friends with Pat Patterson somehow. Oh, wow. So he gave us all the inside info. Like, and this is before the like internet really took off. And like, I didn't have a subscription to the Observer newsletter. But he was the one that first told us that, hey, you know what, WrestleMania, the plans for Tyson to side with Austin. And we're like, no, no. And like, it happened. We're like, okay, you're legit. What else do you know? <laughs> so we would go there and like shoot the shit with him at the mall. And in retrospect, it was weird. This 18-year-old guy was hanging out with these eighth graders, but, you know, it didn't matter at the time. He had long he had long hair, long blonde hair. His name was Todd, I believe, and he was our hookup for inside information. He also sold us the TVMA tapes, which is why I asked you if you had a problem with it, because I had a hookup. <laughs> and it, I remember Suncoast is right across the way from Sam Goody, and Sam Goody refused to sell me BOS and Butthead tapes in eighth grade. So I remember, like, I think the Suncoast video where I grew up went out of business before the Attitude Era. Mm. But I remember some some like classic era things at the Suncoast video. Uh, the one tape that comes to mind, Wrestling Superheroes. Yes, yes. Is that I one you're familiar that. with? Yeah, that was a Coliseum one. 
Yeah. Okay. That was a Coliseum Does one. That the one have the Legion of Doom on the cover. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yep. So those tapes, those like little sixty-minute tapes, were usually sold at like grocery stores, okay, and, and things like that. And I had a few. There was one like Wrestling's Greatest Champions, which had Macho Man and Liz on the cover. Yeah. And like Best of SummerSlam with Luger and Yokozuna on the cover. I think they had a Best of WrestleMania one too. They did, and those one, and I think in like Best of SummerSlam with like Bret Hart. Uh, those ones were like the cheaper versions you can get at the grocery store or something like that. So that's cool that you had those. Those are those are Coliseum video ones for people on the budget. Whereas I think the the main ones, like you said, were 40, 50 bucks to buy if you wanted to buy one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I remember one of the, when it came to videos, I started watching wrestling around the same time you did, but I went back and rented everything that they had at my video stores. And the mm-hmm. one thing they didn't have was WrestleMania 2. It just didn't exist in my hometown. And I remember ordering that through a catalog and saving up my money and spending like 50 bucks to get a VHS copy of WrestleMania 2. Wow. And then being so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was one I avoided renting. I watched it once. And even as a kid who was obsessed with everything wrestling, I was like, this is terrible. The worst part, I think, especially as a first-time viewer, was all of the guest commentators. Mm-hmm. Like, like anything else, at least you got good commentary, but there's awful guest commentary throughout the whole thing. Speaking of guest commentators, I was recently, recently watching King of the Ring 94. <laughs> How much does that guy weigh? With Art Donovan. <laughs> and I encourage everyone, King of the Ring 94 is actually kind of an under-the-radar good show. Um, with the exception of the main event, which is for some reason Roddy Piper versus Jerry the King Lawler in 1994. Um, but Art Donovan was a former football legend or something in Baltimore, and he's the third man along with Gorilla Monsoon and Macho Man Randy Savage. And there's times throughout the broadcast where he'll ask, like, what is this guy doing? How's he get-? Like, literally he will say, how, how much on? does that guy weigh? Yeah, and, and he says stuff like uh, – Oh, so uh, what's this guy's story here? Is he, a, is he a wrestler or what? Like, because Shawn Michaels is walking out with Diesel, and and it points Macho Man and Gorilla legit just ignore his comments. They don't answer him, nothing. Gorilla, is he dead? <laughs> it's like, what's, well, how come the ref let that happen? It's like, Art Donovan has never watched a second of wrestling in his life. I'm going to rewrite history, though. I'm going to say that that's so bad that it's become good. It's amazing. It's so good to watch. Go back and watch it and listen to the sound. The whole show, it's the show itself's got some great underrated matches. Bret Hart versus Diesel, very very good match. Uh, One two three kid versus Owen Hart's very good. Uh, Owen Hart versus Razor Ramon's very good. It's a really good show. Go back and watch that one. I highly recommend it. I remember renting that as a kid, and I had no idea who Art Donovan was. And just thinking, like, who the heck is this guy? Why is he here? <laughs> That's interesting. So commentary was was commentary big for you when you were a kid? Sounds like it was. Was it big? I can't say that it was necessarily big, but that was a glaring thing that I noticed. Like when it was Art Donovan, I mean, it changed everything. In WrestleMania two, you said it was big for you too. Like seeing all these guest commentators. Yeah, I guess I you're you're helping me discover things about myself, Steve. I try. Another tape I want to talk about is the Best of Raw Volume 1, which, unless you were a kid that taped every Raw, which I didn't do, 
uh, this was a cool compilation to have to like look back at all this like Attitude Era Raw stuff. It's very cool. Yeah, especially if you think of like that that time period nowadays. If you want to watch an old Raw, it's at your fingertips. At that time, as you said, unless you taped them all and saved them all, most people didn't do that. If I taped a Raw, I taped it once and I was going to retape over it, and then mm-hmm. it was lost forever. What, during the Monday Night Wars, what did you do? Did you flip back and forth? Did you tape? What was you, curious? What would you do? Uh, I didn't tape. I was kind of like you, a WWF loyalist. Yeah. So I would, when Nitro became three hours, I watched the first hour, and I only watched Nitro during the raw commercial breaks. I I did too, um, but I, there were times where I'm like, all right, I have to stick with this, especially with the Sting stuff going on. But out here, and in most places nationally, I guess depending on where you were, Nitro replayed right after Raw ended. It like exactly. replayed again. So it was yeah. like key for me to do. So that was a weeknight, though. So once in a while, I might check out the replay right after. But usually that was kind of late unless it was the summer. It depended to me, too. So my dad worked late on Mondays. So he worked at a car dealership, and they close at 9 on Monday. So he's, he gets home, and all he wants to do is watch Monday Night Football. And I'm, you know, in the basement watching Raw. And I remember used to used to being like, please have a late deal so he doesn't come home till 10 when this is over. <laughs> and uh, he luckily he would be cool enough and like he would eat his dinner in the kitchen. My poor dad's working 12 hours <laughs> watching my night football on this tiny little TV we had in the kitchen. So my his idiot son could finish this fake sport he's watching in the basement. But what would happen sometimes, my dad would go downstairs, watch football. And if I got lucky, he would fall asleep in the basement <laughs> watching the football game, which meant, because my mom was in bed, which meant I could, she was up in her bed, which meant I could stay up on the upstairs and watch Nitro and hope he didn't wake up and scream at me and go to bed. So I would like watch the replay of Nitro too. And my parents wonder why I was so tired the next day. <laughs> so I, I lucked out a little bit there. In retrospect, my parents were very understanding and cool with my wrestling thing. They, they supported me and I remember one year, I think I was in eighth grade, my mom bought me a bunch of bone crunchers when they first came out. And I was oh, just yeah. like, oh, baby, for Christmas, this is like, it was one after another that I kept opening them. It was like Austin and Shamrock and Legion, not Legion Doom, Austin, Shamrock and Undertaker and uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. I was like, oh, man, I got a whole federation to do here. Very nice. And that's why I still have the bone crunchers. I don't care what people say. I think they're slowly co- starting to come back into like, nostalgia for people i think it's creeping in yeah i get that at the time like looking back i got rid of my bone crunchers they're one of the few things i got rid of but when they came out it was like more playability than we'd ever had before yeah and i mean right now what are you gonna do with them honestly i have a bunch of them in a that my that wrestling toy chest i have the same one you do the wbf toy chest yeah that's where they all are and i've got a couple I've got one hanging up, Mint is MLC, which is the first ever Steve Austin where he was wearing the Austin 316 shirt, okay. which was the Shotgun Saturday Night one because it, it was impossible to find around here. And I bought an eBay. Is that the one? Does he come with like a ladder? Yes. The WrestleMania okay. 12 ladder. The WrestleMania 12 silver ladder. I love that you remember that. I love that you remember that. Oh, yeah. It commemorates that ladder match he had at wrestlemania 12 <laughs> did you have that was that was that hard for you to find were you that obsessed was, with wrestling figures even then oh yeah i've always been obsessed with wrestling figures but that was i definitely remember getting that figure and i didn't get, i had had did the signature series one come out before that no so i asked uh jack's bca on twitter which one was the first and he confirmed it was the shotgun one 
Okay, so for me, I think I found the Signature Series first because I remember I got them both, and I normally wouldn't get them both. But I got that Austin because I wanted a ladder, and that was the first ladder that I came across. Uh-huh, and another one I have, I think it's still on card, I have Ken Shamrock because I had everybody had Ken Shamrock for some reason with the red and yellow McDonald's tights. And that awful uh, haircut. Uh-huh, and the terrible face scan. And... I also have my friend got me like a few years ago, Vince McMahon, the series one Vince. Oh my God. Yes. And I also have the Legion of doom tag team series one. So the Vince McMahon figure, I got a memory of that. That Let's was the one that I could not find. I could not find the Vince McMahon at the stores. And as a kid, since I grew up with Hasbro's, I always wanted the auxiliary characters and Hasbro didn't have any of them. Mm-hmm. So I remember looking for them and I grew up on the Canadian border and we took a trip to Canada and we went to, I don't know, it could have been like a Walmart across the border. And they had the the Vince McMahon action figure. And I was like, oh my God, I have to get this. So as a kid at the time, you have like, you rarely have money. You rarely have Canadian money. So you have to like <laughs> battle like the whole currency thing. And I don't know if I used my own money or if I got my parents to loan me something. So they somehow bought it for me and I had it. I'm like, oh my God, I finally have the Vince McMahon. This is so great. And then we're heading across the border and I'm like having a panic attack thinking, are they going to confiscate this at customs because I don't have the money to pay duty on a Canadian action figure that I just purchased? Oh no. (laughs) Which wasn't a real thing, but in my child mind, that's what I was worried about. You're like ripping out through the package, putting it in your shoe. Like, no, no, we're good to go here, sir. I always had this Vince McMahon action figure. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, I I also have the Mountie figure. Just (laughs) we're cool. I don't think that'd make them happy though. Well, do they have, do they have shock sticks? (laughs) That's awesome. I'm I'm glad you have the Vince McMahon. (laughs) You struggling to uh, sneak him across the border illegally. (laughs) Do you yeah. still have that, Vince, or you got rid of him, too? I got rid of him, too. Oh, you you know what bugged him. me about that thing? Everything? I wanted him to be at my commentary table, and he couldn't even sit down. That's true. Later, they made an awesome Jim Ross that was made to sit down. And he was the only one. So yep. it would be him sitting down. Ah, you could have King sit down with him, too. Yeah. Well, that's true, because the legs for those old bone crunchers were just... They went backwards and forwards in that. Exactly. Place. But at the time... The Hasbro legs didn't move, and the Bendems were terrible, so it was it was revolutionary. Exactly, yeah. And Hasbro's didn't have a table to sit at anyways. You mentioned talking about spending your own money on stuff. I remember, like, it's, it always seemed like I would fall into 15 or 20 bucks whenever a tape came out. Like, either my, my great uncle, his name was Joe, he was famous for the $20 handshake to me. Mm-hmm. And it drove my mom nuts. She's like, don't just give him money for no reason and blah, blah, blah. So he like would sneak the handshake to me. <laughs> so that's that would be like my things. And that's right. This is where I would buy a lot of these tapes at Suncoast. I would have the 20 bucks and the tapes 14.95, And I'd have some leftover to go get a, a soda at a place called By The Way, which was a candy store. And I'd get a pop and I'd go get, you know, maybe a a taco or something at the, at the food court. What did you get your... Was it all Christmas and birthday money when you spend your wrestling stuff on? Would you hoard whatever you had to save up? Obviously, you saved up a lot for WrestleMania 2. But where, where did your <laughs> wrestling money come from? 
so mostly Christmas and birthday, but mm -hmm. I mean, I would not be the kid. I was not going to spend my money on a taco or a soda. I would have that at home or I would fast or miss it somehow because yeah. all of my money was going towards my wrestling stuff as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot, I also, I mean, I would work, you know, uh, my brother had a number of people in the neighborhood that he would either shovel or mow grass for. So I'd help him and he'd pay me or I would ask for like odd jobs around the house or something that I would do to try to make some money, things like that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I could do is, um, I had this relationship with my mom where she didn't want me to miss out on something because of kind of a previous toy line. So the first, I'll go way back to when I was really young. The first toy line I got into was the Ghostbusters. I was a big Ghostbusters fan as a kid. And Kenner? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Kenner, the real Ghostbusters stuff. And I had pretty much everything I wanted except the series one Egon, who was my favorite character. And there was a time I saw him at a grocery store. I asked my mom for him. And she's like, no, he costs too much. We're not getting him right now. Okay. Never found him again. And I didn't purposely guilt my mom for this, but I think she felt so guilty that we were never able to find him years afterwards that if I wanted something, she might not Ooh. give it to me immediately, but she would buy it and save it away and save it for a birthday or Christmas or a report card or something. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of set up from the beginning. I mean, that's kind of a long con. You got to give her credit. <laughs> yeah. Still to this day, she's like, well, I guess I'll get him this AJ Styles <laughs> top picks. You know, a number of years ago when I was in college, I she asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make this easy for you. I sent her an eBay link with that Egon figure. And yeah. this, was, this was before things became super collectible. So I think it was him. It was the four original guys, and they were loose and complete. I think it cost like 20 bucks. I said, get me this and I will be the happiest guy you ever saw. Mm -hmm. And she said, she said, God bless you. That's so easy. Absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So she made it up in the end. That's awesome. And what my parents would used to do and my mom do like they would every year and we fell for it. And like, we were super blessed and super lucky you know, my parents worked really hard and my mom and dad both came from relatively poor families. My dad's dad, my dad's dad died when he was 10 mm. and then my mom's only her dad worked and they, my mom's like first generation American. So her, her, my grandma to the day she died, didn't speak English. Oh, wow. Um, so she, I don't know if this was like, Irish, or she's not Irish, but Lithuanian Catholic guilt that we grew up with and all this stuff. But she would be like, you know, we don't have a lot of money. I'm sure you guys aren't getting, like, I'm just telling you now, like, I don't want you to be disappointed. Like, you we, we don't have a lot. And I'm like, well, okay, okay, we understand. And then every Christmas, like, we got so many presents, like, so many toys. And, like, it was so awesome looking back at it. And it was kind of a cruel trick to plan us as kids. But, like, there was just so much stuff. And it was always whatever. And, like, it was always a surprise. Like, things I didn't know I wanted. But after yeah. I got it, like, I remember one year... She got me a remote control car. I'm like, well, I'm like, okay. And it was like this. It was like this truck. I played the crap out of that thing, and it was awesome. I like would ride it down the stairs, and I don't know where they got it from, but I remember this was the year for some reason remote control cars were a thing, and I didn't even dare to ask for a remote control car because I 
was told he didn't have any money. And uh, all my friends got this like RC brand or like the Radio Shack brand one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever brand I got, like blew theirs out of the water. So like our races down the street, like they couldn't even come close to me. What's funny is they were radio control cars, RC cars. And my, every once in a while, my like radio signal or RC signal would like interfere with theirs. Their car would just stop working and mine would keep going. So I, I still remember that truck to this day. And I remember one day the back of it, like it broke off, like just a piece of it. So like I like ran home, grabbed like the model glue and like glued it back together and used way too much. And my dad was like, "Where's my glue?" I was like, "I don't know. <laughs> don't worry <laughs> about it." But you appreciated it. You wanted to keep it going. I did, and I wish I still had it. I'm sure the battery packs wouldn't work now, anyways. But I, I had that for a long time. That was a a cool gift I remember getting one year. Did you ever have one of the like real old school remote control cars that actually had a cord? Uh. No, but I did have one that didn't turn. You want to turn, you had to go, you had okay. to reverse it. Okay. Didn't have a turn yeah. option. I remember having one that actually had like a cord that attached mm-hmm. to the remote control. It was just mm-hmm. like such an awful idea because it got tangled around the wheel. It, it was just horrible. Uh, uh, this past Christmas, my daughter she got a gift uh, from my cousin's wife, so we just call her aunt or whatever, and. It was a. It was for a toy she already had, and the toys actually bought at Best Buy because Best Buy has toys now apparently. And we went back there to return it, and I was like, "Okay, it was twenty six bucks. You can pick whatever on this like these toy shelves." I told my daughter, "Pick pick what you want," and then she's like, "Well, how about this?" And it was a Mario Kart remote control car, and it was like thirty four bucks. I was like, "Well, this is more money, so technically you can't." I was like, "But you know what? I want to play with this, so you can get this." <laughs> And it's awesome. It's fast. It spins backwards. It does 360 spins. It, it's it's fantastic. So having kids is a great way to buy new toys if you need that excuse. Well, speaking of which. Uh-oh, breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, we're expecting. Really? That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. When's, when's, when's everything due and all that stuff? Early October. Early October. Are you going to find out? Yeah, we already know. It's a boy. Oh, you shouldn't have found out. <laughs> there's gonna I be enough everybody. surprises no i shame everybody because i uh we didn't find out with either of our kids and i was convinced by our good friends and she said as an adult you don't get any surprises anymore <laughs> and i was like that's true and it was great not to find out for both of them but either way that's fantastic congratulations to you and your wife for Thank october you. don't spend too much on all the um wrestling toys for them when they're that little like i did for my kid because they okay. will grow into them eventually <laughs> like yeah. when they first started she had no interest but now she can't like explain what stuff because she's four i'm gonna uh, try my best not to be too pushy let him choose his own path what what's gonna happen to the wrestle cave it's gonna come to the baby cave uh i don't know i might have to get a lock or some extra security or something like that oh no you'll you'll need a lock and you'll yeah. need, I mean, you could be like me in your entire house. You could have one corner in the whole house. That's mine. Everything else is everyone else's. <laughs> but that's fantastic news, Nate. Seriously, I'm super, super happy for you. That's awesome stuff. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so we can talk and talk more off off air about if you guys need anything. And I have so much stuff I could send you if you need. Oh, thank you so much. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, everyone. Say congrats to Nate on Twitter at Ringskirt. So, you got any other uh, fun? VHS or any other wrestling tapes or 
when the DVDs came out, any, any other fun stories about that, about purchasing them or any ones you had? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, um, I grew up in Northern New York, but I went to grad school in Philadelphia and I think it must've been, it was probably Christmas that I was going up for. And there was this one gas station that I would stop to gas up every time. And this was probably, it must've been 2000, I think 2005. Yeah, it was Christmas 2005. And I stopped at this gas station because it always had like food and nice bathrooms and stuff like that. So it was a good place to stop. And this one time I stopped there, they had like dozens of WWF home video VHSs. And although that was kind of like when VHS was going out, they were like three or four bucks each. And I could not pass up buying one copy of each one. At a gas station. At a gas station. Yeah. This gas station. Did your eyes like turn to like silver dollars? Like, absolutely. This gas (laughs) station had paid off for me other times too. So I was collecting the, uh, the Jack's figures at the time Mm -hmm. and they had just come out with the, uh, the Rocky line. And I really wanted, uh, an Apollo Creed to make a custom, Virgil and boxing shorts, but I couldn't oh. find him locally. Only you. Think Only me. Yes. I, need to I was cream. the one that needed a Virgil and boxing shorts. <laughs> so I could not find Apollo Creed in his boxing shorts anywhere. But this gas station, this miracle gas station, happened to have him there at another at another trip that I took. Oh, that's incredible. That's and amazing. Um, DVD wise, the same Canadian Walmart where I got the Vince McMahon, this was when I was in college. I think it was my second year in college. It was after Christmas break. I was there with my mom and I walked in and they had, uh, WF DVDs and they were on sale for like five, five or six bucks each Canadian. And I must've gotten 20 of them. And I think the reason why they were discounted so much, because it was, this must have been like 2001, 2002. I think it was right when they were dropping the F. Yeah. And they th- this Walmart was just getting rid of all of the WWF DVDs that they had. So I got WrestleMania 18, WrestleMania 17, um, and like a bunch of the pay-per-views of that time for What's- dirt cheap. What's funny is even now WrestleMania 17 is worth like 40, 50 bucks on DVD, like the original one. I remember back in the day, back before the network, especially before the, they were able to somewhat settle the lawsuit with the blurring of the attitude logo. Mm-hmm. The WrestleMania 17 was a $120 DVD. Gee. Like you, yeah. And 18, 16, 17, 15, 16, 17 and 18 were worth pretty good money because so, there was no blurring. Right, exactly. So, and like look, did you ever did you buy that WrestleMania box set when it came out in 2004 or 2005? The anthology set? Yeah, the DVD set. No, I had rented it through I mean, before Netflix there was like a uh a blockbuster version of Netflix. Yeah, well, I, they were they went after Netflix, but yeah, they were, they had that. I remember what you're talking about the mail right. through DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I had. And that's how I experienced that. I saw all the blurring and I was like, I'm not having this blurring BS. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. 
Uh, yeah, what I ended up doing was uh, there were these UK released Silver Vision yep. tag, tag classics. So I would go through and I would try to find those on eBay. Um, and I'd get the ones that I could. And the ones that I couldn't get, I knew a guy who was like a uh, an action figure collector from the boards who lived in the UK. And since they could buy them and you couldn't have them shipped to a U.S. address, I would send him money. He would order the tag classics and yep. then ship them to me. Yeah, I remember that. Those tag classics uh, were great. The only problem with them, the quality wasn't great. They were basically VHS rips to the uh, to DVD. The thing I, only thing I liked about that anthology set that came out in 2004 was before the block logos aren't blurred. Um, and the quality of the videos and audio is very, very good on those. Did they mess um, with some of the music though? They did. They did for a handful, like but it's weird. Demolition. No, see, I think Demolitions is on there, but like Dusty Roses isn't. So yeah. it's just, and like Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy is on there. So all the copyrights and things are are always interchanging. Uh, I I have the original pay-per-view versions of Mania's 3 through 14. So I I've got it as original as you can get. Like one of some I I pieced yeah. them together over time, and and you have uh, all the like countdown shows and stuff, right? Yeah, and like the yeah, yeah. And, and all that. The countdowns are the best part, like watching the hype. And for now, people that don't know, like the countdowns were where it was at. Now, some of the tag classics, not the early ones, but the later ones, have the countdowns on there. Oh, that's awesome! Or like, like, the, the, like Control the, Center or whatever. Like 1993, 1994. I want to say mm-hmm. like the Survivor Series and the once they get into In Your House. They have like the the pre-show matches and some of the countdowns on there. I think. That's like I remember cool. seeing like Todd Pettengill in the arena that's still filling up, interviewing so had, people. So you had to buy a region-free DVD player for those tag classics. I did. Um, I can play them on an old Xbox, but there's also ways to hack your DVD player to make it region-free. Oh, interesting! Interesting. You can look I, it up online, and there's codes that you can put in. That can uh, unlock it for you. Interesting. I I had a region free DVD player like by chance. Like I had a DVD player and like I Googled it. Like when I started looking at these tag classics and it was like, it turned out mine was region free, so it played it. So just mm-hmm. weird rules with physical media that don't exist anymore with streaming. But you know now that everyone's crashing the internet at home and streaming's a little <laughs> streaming's gonna all gonna go down soon. I was the other day, we were all working from home. My wife was upstairs working from home. I was downstairs working from home. My kids were streaming Amazon Prime. My wife was playing like Alexa music. I was streaming the WWE Network. I was like, all right, I got to turn the network off and pop on one of these DVDs because we're slowing down the internet in our house here. <laughs> yeah. My wife was like, I keep getting kicked off my Zoom call. I'm like, yeah, that's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> so another... like, put on one of your thousand DVDs or tapes you have. I was like, okay, I'll put one of those on. <laughs> you got a backup plan, right? I do. And this will, I don't know if you'll appreciate this or not, but. My wife and I, not recently, but over the past few years, we've caught up on Modern Family. We never watched it live. And we just, a few years ago, or a few years ago, a few months ago, I was at Half Price Books, which is kind of a local, somewhat local store that sells used movies, books, CDs, sometimes toys, all that stuff. And they had the first three seasons of Modern Family for like two bucks each. So I bought it just for us to watch on DVD. And we got through the first seven seasons. And now we eight, nine, and ten, and they're on eleven, and only eleven is on demand. And I was like, "Well, I'll just buy eight 
on iTunes for 10 bucks. And it like, it killed me to do it because I was like, this isn't mine. If we ever get rid of iTunes, I don't own this anymore. And it was like, it drove me nuts. So I went later and bought eight, nine and 10 on Amazon to come late at a later date. So I own them because I'm a crazy I, person. I'm the same way. It's so hard for me to justify purchasing a download. Right. Cause you, it's not yours. Like yeah. if your internet goes down or if you, let's say if you're like, you know, uh, we're an Xfinity Comcast subscriber here. If I were to buy a movie on Xfinity Comcast and I get rid of it, that movie goes away. Right. Exactly. But I mean, to play devil's advocate, there's this, what's it called? Voodoo? Yes. I know. Voodoo. Okay. Yep. So the way that works, I mean, my understanding of it, you'll have a digital copy for life. Is that how that works? So kind of, um, if you have, if you're a voodoo, if you're a voodoo account member, what if voodoo goes under, like there used God, to be an yeah. app like, uh, yeah. like Flickster, like went away. So, so if it goes away, yeah, I didn't think of that. Part. Yeah. And, yeah. um, most movies now, like I buy, they come with a digital code, which is convenient for like right. trips and stuff. Um, pretty much everything is under the movies anywhere app, except for a handful of studios that won't do it. So you have to have voodoo as well. So it's kind of annoying. Um, but other than that, it, it's, it's convenient to have digital, but I prefer having the physical stuff. And the I truth like the, is there's nothing that's safe. The physical stuff can be damaged. Mm-hmm. The, the digital stuff you can lose access to. And but I've had least, anxiety both ways. <laughs> well, these are my physical stuff. Like with like my tapes in particular, like I, I watch, I do watch tapes sometimes and it, it is a different feeling when you pop something in a VCR and like the tracking adjusts and all that. It's a different experience. Absolutely. And, it's a, it's a commitment. Yep. Because you're not skipping anything mm-hmm. unless you're going to fast forward through it. It's, it's a serious commitment. You're going to sit there and watch the whole thing. Yes. And it's also like a lot of these like tapes and the DVDs and Blu-rays I have, like it's, some of them it's cool to look at like to, to pick up something tangible and hold, but I might just be getting old, but I feel like a little bit of this nostalgia for physical stuff is coming back somewhat, particularly in vinyl rec. Obviously vinyl records is, was through the roof the last couple of years, but I was talking with, uh, I think uh, rad Chad and he was texting me about VHS tape prices. Like, I can't believe tapes are like six bucks now. Like these were a quarter. You couldn't give them away. Thrift stores wouldn't take them. Exactly. And now like yeah. these these secondhand shops are selling them, like especially horror movies. Horror movie VHS is a whole other thing I'm glad I'm not into because like that can get outrageous. Yeah. Like the first time I remember being aware of that is we were talking about like VHSs that we purchased and I had very few, but I remember being on a family trip and I went to a uh, – it was a video rental store that was going out of business. So they were selling everything they had. So I went to the wrestling section and I picked one and I picked uh survivor series. It's 97 was the screw job, right? Yes. Okay. So I picked that one. I'm said, I haven't seen this before. I know this was pretty awesome. I'm going to buy this one. And mm-hmm. from what I've heard, that's one of the more popular VHS tapes it's- to buy secondhand nowadays. Right. It's one of the more expensive ones. It's probably, yeah, other than the in your house ones, it's pro- it's the most expensive one out there right now. And it was just one of those ironic things that I've I've had, and I don't have very many tapes from that period, but that's one of the ones I have. Yeah, it's it's weird, and it all it also depends on condition and all this other stuff. So, um, 
it's it's a fun it's fun to collect and we're all collectors of something for the most part <laughs> the people out there in this this wrestling twitter community we're all collectors of something and it's fun to share everyone's collections thank you for always sharing your stuff and we encourage everyone else don't be ashamed if big collection small collection you got one thing two things share everything we'd love to see it all so i feel bad sometimes because i get tagged in like these i mean as you do too you get tagged in stuff like sometimes you'll miss something and like i feel bad like i don't see everything that I get tagged in so keep sharing stuff with us i really appreciate all that as you do too i'm sure yeah i echo that i love getting tagged and stuff especially if it's some obscure old wrestling stuff even if it's common stuff i love mm-hmm. to see that my wife always jokes, like, every once in a while, I'll tag her in something. She's like, oh, you tagged me in something. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, well, I'm getting six, 66 mentions, and I never get any mentions. So I'm <laughs> sure I'm tagged up. with likes and, and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're in. You're in now. <laughs> well, thanks, man, for coming on. It's midnight my time, 1 o'clock your time. It's time to go to bed. It's Easter, technically, now, wherever happy you are. Easter. Easter what, happy Easter to those who celebrate it. Um, my wife and I have the Easter baskets out for the kids, and – we today my wife came downstairs and hey fade brother i guess that's true but anyway (laughs) um we were putting the baskets together and like i told her she's like why'd you get so much stuff i'm like i don't know like i was at this i was at this was like a month ago and i was at like walgreens and like no one knew what the hell was going on i didn't know stores were going to shut down or something so i was just like I just want to have stuff for the kids no matter what. So I bought way too much stuff. And she's like, I'm going to make a basket for us because we're not eating all this candy. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. So they're going to be pumped about it tomorrow. They're going to wake me up at 6 a.m. And it's going to be fun. But anyway, thanks to Nate for coming on. You can follow him at Ringskirts. Instagram at Ringskirts. Is that right, too? The same thing? That's right. And there's pictures. Tag him. Tag me. We're at PPW Podcast. We're going to wrap up right now. I'm just going to give the closeouts now. And I guys told everyone earlier, uh, you didn't hear it, Nate, but Eric is back this week. We're going to record a show tomorrow, and it's going to be an official numbered show. And we're going to be talking about Super Brawl 2, which I watched tonight as he did he. There is a lot to, to, to digest in that show. So listen to Super Brawl 2. That'll be out later this week as well. Anything else, man? No, thanks for having me. All right, everyone, we will see you in a week.